Two guys who love talking about a game within a game in association with Fantasy Football Scout. I'm Peterson. I'm Andrew. And this is FPL SciNet. Hello, managers. Welcome back to the FPL Signet Podcast. We are recording this on Thursday morning, February the 22nd. And as always, I'm joined by my man, Andrew, who never disappoints in a double game week. Andrew, how are you after this momentous uh, classic of a double game week? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Ticket tape parade, like points flying, all of our assets doing amazingly well. Um, Maybe not so much. <laughs> It was a bit of a it was a bit of a disappointing one in the end, wasn't it? A very yeah, a little bit. Li- I'd say a little bit of disappointment. I think it was a, a very big disappointment, especially when you throw in the triple captain chip as well. When Erling basically like got yeah. his floor score that we were probably expecting from him with an xG of like one hundred <laughs> from two. Yeah, games. I know. <laughs> and it's just, I think it was the same for me last week. I was on triple captain, not last week, sorry, last year. I was on triple captain Harlan last year as well. And I think he got maybe 12. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a bit disappointing. I think there was last year, there was a couple of different, uh, some people went for Rashford. Some people went for Harland. I think I went and, Rashford. Um, yeah, I think you did. You yeah. my butt. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been disappointed by Harland two years in a row now. So yeah. at least he returned though. Cool. At least he returned because like, I think we all have those, you know, the, the war stories of FPL using our chips and it's just a, a horrible experience. Like the, the Mane yeah. one comes to comes to mind, the classic Mane v. Salah um, double game week. I'm pretty confident I was on Salah that year. Yeah, I, I was I on Salah to, too. I got lucky as well. Yeah. But yeah, and, I've, and I was on Salah a couple of years ago when he came back from AFCON and then got like three penalties in a double game week or something and he had a monster <laughs> score. So yeah. I can't complain too much. But the last couple of years have been a bit more disappointing. Mm-hmm. We, we build up the chips and and they let us down but i was talking about this double game week being a bit of a uh you know a downer a bit of a fallout from a dramatic game week 25 and we, you know they finished this morning with liverpool winning what was it 4-1 over yeah. luton and i mean i'm a double luton town uh, defense owner um which is not the place where you really want to be heading into a double game week but at halftime i thought you know, I had that little flicker of hope in my heart that just maybe this might be one of those momentous occasions in FPL where it just comes through for me, but nah. Not to be. Rug pulled but from under feet. <laughs> if you're gonna have a if you're gonna have a you know a defender for a team that's conceding a lot of goals, at least you, you wanna you wanna have the goalkeeper so you can get a bunch of saves for, for you as well, which is pretty much what happened with um with Kaminsky. So it wasn't yeah. all bad. Nine saves, you can't complain about that. Yeah, no, I'd say it was a, a lean, mean saving machine this game week. But yeah, so I suppose the game we got off to a bit of a a bad start with that that first Liverpool was a Liverpool Brentford was the early kickoff Saturday, and we saw Jota just suffer that nasty accidental injury. When was yep. it uh, Region? I think landed on his on his knee. On his and, knee. Yeah, it look, looked pretty painful at the time. Tried to carry on, but then I think the adrenaline wore off, and uh, he realised he was in a fair bit bit of trouble. But 
yeah, just a bad start because we talked so much about, you know, Jota versus Darwin. And I was saying, I, I thought Jota was the best pick heading into the double game week and then neither make 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, no, Darwin made 45. He made it an extra minute. He made Not it true. to halftime. Yeah, he made it to halftime. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank God that they combined for that goal in the first half, I suppose, for owners at least. But yeah. it made the it made the second game of the double. Um, I wouldn't say F, like FPL irrelevant, um, but less FPL relevant than we expected. That's for sure. Yeah, it would have been it would have been more fun this morning's game if you know we did have those Liverpool attacking assets. Now there was managers out there that had other attacking assets like Luis Diaz, um, who we'll, we'll, we'll touch on a bit later especially when we get to our mini league update. But yeah, unfortunately, and, and you know, we saw the return of the King as well. Mo Salah off the bench, did a KDB goal assists, looked amazing. And then looks like he's picked up another niggle. We don't know how serious the injury is or, I mean, Klopp didn't really give too much away in his presser the other day. He just sort no. of hinted that we'll see when the team sheet drops, but yeah, they're, they're heading to a, a cup final this weekend with, a lot like the 11 they could put out with their injuries is pretty amazing <laughs> yeah i know it's um there was a pretty good effort from them this morning to still win 4-1 yeah. with, uh, with the team that they put out um, yeah but yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with salah in the cup game as well whether whether he was out today just because his hamstring was a bit fatigued after the comeback or whether there was actually a proper re-aggravation of the injury yeah um, well i suppose yeah, about hopefully, hopefully he's back for the for our uh, wild cards, if and when we play them soon. Well, I was, um, was going to say, hopefully he's back for the two hundred and thirty thousand managers that have already transferred him for the blank in twenty six. Yeah. So that'll well, be sweating. <laughs> he'll he's going to score exactly the number of, number of points that they would have expected him to score when they brought him in before a blank. <laughs> and now we also got stung a bit with the you know the whole city scenario. Pep roulette just. I mean, Pep Roulette kicked me in the backside. I, I was rolling with the Triple City attack this game week and, man, I did not see KDB getting benched, but apparently he had a bit of a niggle. Didn't sound too serious, but you seem to think that they're not taking any risks with De Bruyne anymore. Yeah, that's right. I think um, at the, I remember at the at the start of the season when um, the first game week where De Bruyne was injured, before the game they interviewed him and he was kind of saying, look, I didn't think I was ready to start but I'll give it a go I'll do my best and then sure enough like 25 minutes into the game he had that massive hamstring injury um so I think that maybe you know when Kevin De Bruyne is feeling like he's not quite fully fit or he's fatigued um I think they're maybe listening to him a bit more now because they don't want to re-aggravate it so hopefully it's just that he needed the game off and he'll be fine yeah um, hopefully for your sake yeah, well, I mean, the other topic I was going to bring up was the Ake versus Walker debate. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and it was one of those real, you were either on the good side or the bad side of it this game weekend. Yeah, I mean, Walker owners, can. I think on one hand they can be a little bit lucky because I think that assist in the Chelsea game, I, I, I really don't like those type of assists, especially when you see proper assists not given for yep. the slightest of, you know, touches or but when it's a shot and then the ball rebounds off the back of a Chelsea player and goes 90 degrees the other way for, you know, a Rodri goal, which also cops yeah. a little bit of a deflection in the goals. I, oh, I don't know. On one hand, yeah. it's very lucky, but then the other hand, they miss out on an assist in the the second game when he, Walker was just marginally offside. But yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think obviously people went for Ake because they thought he was the most nailed. Yeah, um, and has that I goal think, threat too. Well, that's right. But I, I also think that we kind of have to wait until after game week 26 to like judge it. I, I'm looking at it as almost like a three-game stretch. Yeah. You know, now that Ake's had that, um, that rest, he's probably more than likely going to start game week 26. And maybe... It's game week 26 where Walker doesn't start and Walker owners are left a man short in a blank game week. So you never know. Like, let's let's wait and see. They, if, if they both play two out of three, then I still think um, it's a worthwhile transfer that we've made to bring him in. Yeah, probably. And then, you know, uh, while the transfers in for Adebayo wasn't as massive as, you know, some of the Liverpool or City assets, he was a big loss for them because he went down, I think it was in the warm-up before the first yeah, game. Yeah. And some managers out there might have moved out of bio, trying to like sort of free up some funds. It sort of worked both ways. You get a doubler and you, you free up funds for, for other moves. But yeah, unfortunately, especially when he's been in such good form, that was a, a big loss for, for Luton. Yeah. The, I mean, it's been a horrible double game week for injuries. You know, uh, people like myself that had Pinnock as well is yeah. another player who just didn't turn up and there was no inkling from the from the manager in the press conference that there was any issue with him. There was no issue with him in the previous game. He just all of a sudden didn't turn up and now he's out for weeks. So yeah, it's been a very unlucky, it's very unlucky timing. All of these injuries have happened just when people needed those players in the double game week. Yeah. I feel like when we get to these press conferences, we need to have FPL managers at some of these press conferences because they can literally just go through the team sheet and ask the managers, mm. is this player available? Is this player available? Because then they'll have to say, Yes, no, maybe. Because if they're not yeah. asked, they're not going to say anything. I mean, not that it matters with the Newcastle one, because Eddie Howe will just lie well, anyway. Right. And, and Pep will just say, we will see, like Arteta. We will see. Yep. That's right. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you're right. The the um Yeah, the journalists need to approach this with much more of a FPL um, mindset, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, you, like- you need to go full. Um, you need to go full like Facebook Marketplace. Is this still available? <laughs> Just for every player. Is there any damage to this? Why are you selling this item? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you accept PayPal? Um, yeah, I think that it might be something. I wonder if we see Edge sort of change change the way he goes about his press conferences next season because he, he's so like forthright. And we'd seen news sort of when we recorded last week. There was some whispers that Poro and Udogi were both carrying injuries, and then you know in his in his presser, Andrews is like, "Yep, yeah, neither are available for this this game week." So it wasn't like there was a, "Oh yeah, we're going to see," because I may have held yeah. Pedro Poro if there was a, a chance, because on paper the Wolves at home fixture looked great, even though yeah. the result begged to differ. But yeah, Andrews just like nah. So they made the decision for a lot of managers to di- ditch players like Udogi or Poro. With a blank in 26 yeah, as well, think, a bit easier. Yeah, Ange is never going to change though. Like he takes pride in being like this, you know, forthright old school manager that, you know, is has integrity, tells the truth. I, I don't think he's ever, he, he wouldn't ever be able to bring himself um, to turn into like an Eddie Howe type. So I think <laughs> that there's just some managers that are honest and some that aren't. And I think he's just one of the ones that you can rely upon. We always will be able to rely upon him to tell us the truth. No bullshit approach, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just who I am, mate, you know. 
<laughs> remember my father was to take me to South Melbourne and <laughs> teach me all these lessons about life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Like, you don't do a bad inch, to be honest. Oh, I'm going to get myself in, into trouble there. But um, let, let's have a look how our teams went. Fresh off game week um, 25, finishing only a few hours ago now. Um, you did very well. You took a hit, but you still got a green arrow. Yeah, I did. I um, I got in the end, I got uh, ninety-two points minus the four-point hit, so eighty-eight. Um, which it, you know, it wasn't a huge game week, but it was enough to get me a small green arrow um up to one hundred and seventy-four k, um from one hundred ninety-seven, so twenty-three k green arrow, my sixth green arrow in a row. Yep. Um, which is I, I'm pretty excited about, considering I didn't have more than two in a row before this this run. Yep. Um, so yeah, I went. The transfers I made, um, I went Archer and Gusto to Tony and Ake. So I spent all my money. Mm-hmm. Um, very happy with the Tony transfer. Like, I mean, he he scored that goal. Um, obviously, in the first game of the double, um, looked pretty good against Man City. Like, he's a he he's did. just a class player, and I'm just really happy to have him in my team between now and probably when I wildcard. Um, and then the Ake transfer we've already spoken about. It was disappointing that he, if he was only going to play one, I would have liked him to play the one where they got a clean sheet. But um, <laughs> as it turned out, you know, it didn't work out. But I am fairly confident that he starts in blank game week 26. And maybe um, maybe it's the, the Walker owners that miss out in 26. And I can make some of those points back that I, that I lost by going for the wrong one. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, unfortunately yeah. for you, a stupid one. Another benching, yeah. Another benching, and I'm and I'm putting him in the same category as like, well, I'm looking at it like, well, I've missed out in this double, but maybe, maybe the fact that he's sort of had his punishment in the double game week means that he will start in that blank game week where once again I need him. So um, that one I'm less confident about because, yeah, obviously, you know, this has been going on for a few weeks now. He got hauled off at halftime, then he didn't start the next one. Then he did start, and he was kind of at fault in the in the winning goal against Spurs, which meant he got benched again. Um, so I don't know. He's obviously a little bit out of favour, so I'm less confident that that means that he's going to be back starting in 26. But he's also someone that I don't know. I want to wait if I want to waste a transfer on, um, given that he may well start, and it's a pretty decent fixture. So that's a that's a tricky situation that I'm in. But I think I'm going to give him one more week. Yeah, um, and hope that he starts in the in the blank game week twenty six. But he's definitely someone that now is on the radar as very expendable. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, luckily, luckily for him, I've got enough issues elsewhere in my team where he's just not going to be the one that gets transferred out this week. You know, I've obviously got Ethan Pinnock, who I was relying on for game week twenty six, and he's definitely out for twenty six. So, um makes sense that he's the one that I get rid of if I'm going to make a defensive transfer. Uh, and that, I guess that means a Stupinun survives another, another week, but um, just going back to my points. Um, yeah. I got 15 from Saka, 13 from Watkins, obviously the 30 points from Harland who I triple captained uh, seven from Tony five from Foden. So going to tell my kids that he got an assist um, <laughs> in a single game week. Uh, four points from Diogo. Um, yeah, at least he got the assist before he went off just True. before halftime in that first game. And then, yeah, six points from Gabriel. So actually got a defensive return this week, which is 
amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, seven points from Kaminsky, four in the first and three in the second. So that's the other thing that we need to talk about, Kaminsky gate. It's, yeah, we're we're back. We're, we've made the hit back. We have made the hit back, and yeah, it was we're, it was, we're in was, profit. Yeah, we we are. We're we're in the green with Kavinsky. Yeah. We're in the black, but, I should say. <laughs> yeah, we're in the black, and we've got another double to go. Yeah, because Dubravka's got two. Kavinsky's got seven. So yeah, yep, hit hit done. So I can stop feeling bad about making you take that stupid hit last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't need to send me flowers and apologize. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it worked out okay in the end. <laughs> We did yeah, better than Doughty for me. So, well, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah, another green. Um, I think you moved up, what is it, 12% in, yeah, in your rank there? 23K, 12%. Yeah, lovely. I'll take it. But you will take it. I finished up with 93 points this game week. So, no hits for me. My transfer, um, I'm actually trying to remember. That's right. I moved on Pedro Porro for Alex Moreno, and I was about an armpit hairs length away from having a Marino goal in in that game for the, the most yeah. marginal of offsides. Oh. And it would have given you another assist as well from Watkins. So it's worth, yeah. it was worth a few points to you. Yeah, that was a big one. And I actually hadn't, because I hadn't caught up with the games before you messaged me about it. So I didn't know that he'd had a goal ruled out. And so when you yep. messaged me, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then when I saw it, I felt even worse. Yeah, it was like, very close. Yeah. Anyway. I'm happy with that. I just hope he plays in the next game week. But, um, yeah, my side, Kaminsky with the seven points, which was great. Yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, Moreno, one point. Doughty, one point with 100, you know, just two games, nearly 180 minutes. Um, that did not work out very well. Pascal Gross, oh, I'm so happy only Pascal Gross at the moment. Eight points. Um, amazing. Could have been that, so much more. Oh, man, it, it just it was fantastic. The fact that. They won five nil. He picked up one assist, which was towards the end of the game, and snatched two bonus points. Just says everything you need to know about Pascal Grace. He's just so reliable. Um, he scores the last few game weeks have been incredible too. I mean, I benched a, a double pointer from him last game week, um, and yeah, he's not leaving my eleven for the foreseeable future, especially with those fixtures that that um, Brighton have. Yeah, Foden with the five points from the double, a little bit disappointing. Um, he was. Put through on goal in that second game too. He had a really good chance oh. to score and just yep. rounded the keeper and put it into the side net. So a bit of a you know a salute the, to us. Put it into the FPL side net, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, and yeah, sent us into um, doldrums. Uh, Saka fifteen point. Saka's just uh, I don't know what they did to him in Dubai. If they just changed his batteries or something, but man, the the man has come back on fire. Um, he absolutely has. A He's lot of a, you know, you know what though about Saka. He yeah. really needs to he needs to start um putting a bit of variety in his penalties because every single penalty goes in the exact same spot and that one nearly got saved. It did. Trafford probably should have saved it. He just went down a bit early and then kind of couldn't like extend his arm or reach. something. I yeah, I don't know what it was, but like he puts every penalty in the same spot and I'm worried that he's going to miss like people keepers know and he's going to miss he's going to miss one very soon if he doesn't start mixing it up a bit. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. that's a that's a that's a tangent that I probably didn't need to go on right now. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> um yeah, De Bruyne with the two points disappointing from from the double game week. Yeah, Watkins 13 was great. Um Darwin, you know, at least Darwin got the goal, that superb chip uh, from the Diogo Jota, you know, amazing backwards header. I don't know even how he did that, just to read the ball in the air like that with the pressure and get the header on. But yeah, Darwin uh, probably took the hardest option. 
was was sort of working out what to do as he ran into goals. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to chip the keeper from here while he's actually standing up. But yeah, never. Why changed. do it the easy way when you can do it the hard way? Yeah, yeah. Never, never changed Darwin. Um, yeah, and Harlan with the triple captaincy there. So, um, managed to get my benchings right. Yeah, Dubravka the two points, Palmer two points. I mean, Palmer looked amazing in that Man City game. He was just running everything. But one of those games where the performance didn't result in any FPL points, but if you actually yep. watch that game, Palmer was was unbelievable. So, um, yeah, 93 points, another green arrow. I think that's my fifth in six weeks now. So the last few few arrows have actually been pretty big for me. So I'm now yeah. sitting at 480k. So There you go. So, you, um, I mean, there's, and there's plenty of time left in the season. Like the top 100k, top 50k, like it's all within reach yeah. um, for, for both of us. It's, you just need to... At some point in the season, you need to go on a bit of a run of greens, yeah. and that's what that's what you're doing. So, hopefully, yeah. we can keep it up in the yeah, in the there. um yeah the rest of the blanks and doubles to come. I I, just, I did want to talk to you about the Alex Moreno transfer. That surprised me a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, we um, were we were chatting sort of. I was like just sporadically messaging you a, a few days ago, and because yeah, Pedro was going to drop. And I was just like, well, if Pedro's not playing 25 and he's definitely not playing 26. And I was already a bit light with players. Like I didn't really want to rely on Lamptey and Charlie Taylor heading into a play yeah. game week. So I thought, oh, this is an opportunity. Because it's like the third Villa defender I've had in the last seven game weeks. They all keep getting, <laughs> getting injured. Hey, doggy. <laughs> Sorry, someone's just knocking on my door. So. <laughs> the, the doggy's Take joining it, uh... us for another week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Special <laughs> guest for the pod at the front door. Um, yeah, so I, I was probably thinking of getting Sergio Reguilon at, at one point. And then, I don't know, I was sort of looking at the fixtures, looking at, you know, what's good for 25, what's good for 26, and and possibly, you know, further down the track. And I just thought, oh, you know what? I really want a Villa defender. I went one with probably the biggest upside. It was either Moreno or um, Lucas Lucadinho. And I'm definitely not going back to the Luca Dino. He's on my my no no fly list that we've talked about yep. on the show. Um, so yeah, Moreno, yeah. But I was just shattered. And you're not you're not concerned about the threat from Dean in terms of his starts, or are you pretty confident that Moreno is first choice when available? Oh no, I'm very concerned. Um, I, he's one of the names that I'm going to be sweating on the team sheet, but yeah. uh, until it becomes a problem which hopefully isn't yet, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's still... I mean, just, despite the one point, I think he played quite well. Um, I don't think there's any reason why he's going to lose his spot anytime soon. It's just it's just a matter of whether there ends up being some rotation. And There's certain games where you don't want him to miss a game, yeah. like obviously game week 26 and game week 29 are a couple of games where you don't want... You don't want to uh to have one of your players benched, you know, um, yeah. in in those in those blanks where you really need them. But there's no, I, I do think that he's first choice and he should start pretty much every game. So yeah, should be I, all right. I do, I do hope he he plays. But um, yeah, that that was my side green arrow and looking ahead. So um, I wanted to chat to you about. I mean, you just briefly mentioned it. Game week twenty nine. So a, a bit of talk in the community about free hitting twenty nine or playing through. I know we've we've touched on it a few times, but. Um, you got some theories about 29 and what managers need to start thinking about already. Oh, it's just, I don't know about, I don't know about theories. I'm just, I, I just think that now is the time um, that we really need to uh, almost, I don't know. 
I don't know if you 100% need to make a decision about what you're going to do in game week 29 now, but I think that the, the transfers that you make now are going to lead you further in one direction or the other. So you kind of do need to form a, a bit of a strategy now. The only if you if you bring people in for blank game week 26 that don't have a game in 29, then you're leading yourself further and further away from being able to get through 29 without using a free hit chip. So um, the only thing that could possibly, if you're the only thing that can possibly change that is if there's some upsets in the FA Cup and there ends up being more games in 29 than we than than we expect. Yeah. Um, if, for example, if if uh, if my boys Leeds uh, managed to knock Chelsea out of the FA Cup, then all of a sudden there's Chelsea versus Arsenal, I think drops into game week 29 and, you know, it makes it much easier. You know, everyone's got Arsenal assets. Most people have got Cole Palmer. So it would make it a lot easier to get through 29 without using a chip. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, if all the games go as the kind of bookies odds um, are expecting, then we're not going to have too many games in 29. And if you're making transfers now, you kind of need to bring in players that have got a game in 29 unless you're happy to to free hit in that week. So it's just something that we need to be aware of now. Um, and I, I don't know what, I don't know what your thoughts are. Like what's, what are you leaning towards for your own team? Um, I mean, sort of looking at how my team is set up at the moment and looking ahead to 29, the players I have available at the moment aren't really great on paper. Um, mm. And again, you're sort of relying on players that, I wouldn't want to be relying on when I get to to 29, like, you know, Charlie Taylor. Do I really want to be relying on Charlie Taylor to get to game week 29? Yeah, not not really. But, yeah, there's a a lot of blanks there. I mean, I've already got double Villa, which is fantastic if if their fixture goes ahead. Um, But, uh, you know, a good friend of ours I saw yesterday, TN, um, FPL planner. Make sure you give him a follow um, from the FPL IQ show as well. He was talking about... If you're committing to playing through 29 and you have to think about, yeah, like you said as well, the transfers that you're using for the players, the players that you're going to be bringing in and the players that you're sacrificing between now and then, and then probably the game week 30 and 31 afterwards too, like if you don't plan to to wildcard, it's not that great. You're sort of sacrificing, you know, maybe three game weeks or four just for the sake of a blank game week. And we we literally just finished from a double game week that we've all sort of built up and it hasn't gone to plan. And yep. that was a double game week. Imagine, you know, the, the repercussions if you, you know, went to all this effort with game week 29, you're loading up on West Ham players. Who's, you know, they haven't won a game in 2024, West Ham. No, they haven't. There's they no haven't. assets there that I'd be comfortable bringing in right now. I mean, I know the fixtures are good, but the performances aren't there. Like, I mean, I have double Luton players, but I don't really want to having to be relying on them. Like oh, Burnley, like Burnley yeah. are just Burnley are no go territory this season. Like there's nothing good about Burnley at all. Like they're done. No, Burnley are done. No. They're getting relegated. So no, they're they're on the beach. They've 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 resigned themselves to being relegated. They've in that game against um Arsenal, they they just gave up towards the end. Like the last couple of goals were, were an absolute joke. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bad. I mean, yeah, Villa on paper, Villa's the best team heading into 29. I've already got I've already got two Villa assets. So, yeah, sort of, it, are you really loading up your side with, you know, these players from these other teams? Like Brentford, I suppose, are the exception because they've just had the double. They've got a yep. fixture in 26, which, you know, is okay um, against West yep. Ham. I, I'd, I'd expect Brentford to beat West Ham. 
Um, and then, yeah, on paper, they've got the best fixture in, in, in 29 against Burnley, but they do have Burnley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you, if you're looking at the game week 29 fixtures, as you say, the Brentford, Brentford have got a really good fixture. Um, the other team that has, yeah, the other fixture that I guess is going to be big FPL wise is potentially West Ham versus Villa. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And the other one is Fulham versus Tottenham as well. So, that's a really good fixture as well for attacking assets from Tottenham. So there's a few, yeah. there's a few fixtures there where mm. I think, I think it really depends on the setup of your team. So obviously right. from everything, from everything you've said, um, it seems like you're leaning towards um, just making the best transfers you want to make for game week, 26, 27, 28, et cetera. Yeah. And then once you get to 29, you know, you, you may or may you may free hit if you're in a position where you kind of have to. Um, so, if you look at my team compared to yours, like I've got, I've already, I've got two Tottenham players already. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, my my plan has always been to avoid the free hit in 29. So last week, you know, when Poro was injured, instead of removing Poro like a lot of people did, I kept him, knowing that he's probably going to be back in a couple of weeks. Um, he's got the blank in 26, which so I wasn't going to have him for 26 anyway. He may well be back in 27. So, um, you know, I, I it didn't really affect my team keeping him because I had a benching dilemma for game week 26 anyway. So I was happy to bench him. Um, and then I was expecting to have him out for 26. And so if he's back in 27 or even 28, then I'll be glad to have him in 29 when the blank happens. So with a couple of Spurs players, a couple of Villa players, um, you know, I'm already kind of, and I've also got Ivan Tony, like I brought Ivan Tony in for this double again, partly with 29 in mind. So I've got yep. him as well. Who's probably going to be one of the best assets in 29, probably a, a captain, a captain shout in 29. So, um, I've been working towards game week 29 with you going, getting through game week 29 without a chip for a few weeks now. Um, and I think I'm going to continue on that path because I am in a position where I'm set up quite well and yeah. I can have a team I think I should be able to get a team in 29 with only maybe a hit it's, it's going to be pretty close to the free hit teams that most people put together so um, yeah so I guess it just sort of depends on how you're set up and whether whether it makes sense now I think a lot of people obviously have got to get rid of Jota this week yeah um, and so the decision becomes do I do I take Jota do I bring someone in who is not going to have a fixture in 29, but has better fixtures now, or do I bring someone in that's got a, a fixture in 29 that may not be the best, the best midfield option. I think a lot of people are looking at wolves this week for, um, as being maybe the best midfield option to bring in for Jota, just because they've got Sheffield United at home and they've got a few good options in midfield. Um, people that don't have Saka who, who lost Saka because they wanted to bring in, you know, a double game weaker, for um for game week twenty five, they are probably going to be pretty desperate to get Saka back. So I think that their priority would be to bring in an Arsenal midfielder like Saka over bringing in someone that's going to play in twenty nine. So it sort of depends on your team as to what the the best um the best route is. I think if you're I think if you're I think if you're bringing in Saka, then that's something that has to be done. And so it makes sense to not bring someone in who's got a game in twenty nine. I think if you're bringing in a Wolves player, um, that's a 
different. That's a little bit of a different conversation because I I think that maybe people are getting a bit overexcited by Wolves and maybe Wolves players aren't the kind of players that you want to change your chip your chip strategy for. Yeah, um, they could they could well disappoint. You know, we've got to remember that. You know, um, yes, Sheffield United lost five nil, but they were down to ten men for eighty minutes. Um, they, I, you know, I don't, I don't think we can expect them to lose five nil every week. Um, so. It six could nil. well be that the <laughs> yeah, it could be six nil. It could well be that after this Sheffield United game, you know, Wolves might win two, two nil, three, three nil, three one, something like that. But if you're bringing in a Wolves midfielder just for that game, and then changing your trip strategy, where previously you were planning on free on get, getting through twenty nine without a free hit, but now you're going to use your free hit because you want Wolves players this week. Um, yeah, that's probably. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right move because it could be something that you regret if the Wolves midfielder you bring in doesn't do as well as you thought they might. Um, but yeah, anyway, I guess we'll. I guess we'll see in the next few weeks what the right strategy was. Um, it could well be that both work fine. It just depends on what's best for your team. Yeah, true. Yeah, like like yourself, you've got double Tottenham, so you, you sort of set up a little bit well for it. Um, there'll be others out there that. You know, I think it's about the players that you're taking out. You have to think about yeah. like who you're removing, who for who. Like it's all good to say, oh yeah, I'm going to get player X because they've got a fixture. But who are you taking out for that player? And would you rather have that player in the weeks leading up to it and the the weeks straight out of it? But also, yeah. are you more inclined because because you are thinking of playing through? Are you more committed then to like an early wild card, like say game week thirty or thirty one, to sort of Fix up your side yeah. straight out of that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, I don't see game week thirty or thirty one as an early wild card. I'm no. Oh, yeah. It's not really weeks. early, but yeah. 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 But yeah, my plan all along has been to wild card either in thirty or thirty one. I am going to wait until then to see whether which of those two weeks makes most sense for my team. Yeah. Um. The the only reason why I didn't like thirty is because Arsenal play Man City in that week. So yeah. If you know. If you want, if you would normally want to load up on both teams, but then you're a little bit reluctant to because they're playing each other that week, then maybe it makes sense to wait till 31 to wildcard. Yeah, true. But if not, like it might be the case that, you know, um, the only Man City asset you want is Haaland anyway, in which case it's probably not so problematic. You can, you can get a couple of players from Arsenal, get Saka and get, you know, a defender and then just bench the defender in game week 30. So it might, it might well be that game week 30 is a fine week to, to wildcard. Uh, it's not a decision I have to make now. True. But true. yeah, I'm definitely, definitely leaning towards, um, yeah, still leaning towards, yeah, wildcard in 30 and, and not free hitting in 29. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, it feels like there's chips going to be in play around that time, no matter which decision you make. <laughs> Like if you yeah you could be free heating or you might be wild carding, um, and then it's going to probably be vice versa later on in the season too. Once we get to the other um, doubles and blakes, but um, yeah, I really like that that convo about game week twenty nine. Something we need to start considering now. But what we'll do is we'll take a quick break now, and on the other side, preview blank game week twenty six. Welcome back. And now it's time to have a look at blank game week 26. Now, no early fixture for us here in Australia, which is all sorts of poo. 2 a.m. kickoffs for all the games, which means a 12.30 
FPL deadline. So plenty of time to to make decisions, but um, everything kicking off at 2 a.m. Aston Villa Forest, the first game up. Aston Villa Forest. I think that's going to be a big a big game for FPL yeah. uh, this week. Um, big game for, for my boys, my team. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. A few people might be on Watkins' captain as well. I would, yeah. I would imagine this week. It's yeah. I wonder if Watkins is going to be over a hundred EO again. Mm. Um, interesting. Maybe, maybe not quite, but it'll be, it'll be close. But yeah, I mean, I think Aston Villa at home, way too good for Forest. I can see them scoring two or three goals. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, from a, a Watkins' perspective, yeah, that'd be great. It'd be great if Moreno could get an attacking return here, but. Yeah, I'm not all that confident about a clean sheet for Villa. I think Forrest have shown a little bit the last few weeks. Gibbs White's playing amazing. A one year had an amazing goal on the yep. weekend. He he he's back and um definitely one to I'm I'm keeping an eye on ahead of that potential free hit game week 29 with um their fixture. So um, Yeah, true. Yeah, could be a very entertaining game here. So Yeah, it could be. Um uh, it it might well be that I'm going to bring in a defensive asset from Villa this week as well, just oh. given that I am working towards that game week 29 without a free hit. So, um, yeah, I mean, as you said, Nottingham Forest could well score. But having said that, I think this is also one of the fixtures this week where there's potentially the one of the better chances of a clean sheet as well. Um, You know, there's, there's so few clean sheets at the moment, but yeah, um, you just hope that... <laughs> You know, there's going to be two or three clean sheets a week. You, you just hope that you kind of jag one of them. But um, yeah, I, I'm still undecided as to which Villa defender I should bring in. I guess Pau Torres is the one that would be the safest. Um, I've had them all. If, following <laughs> following you and bringing in Moreno would be, maybe be the more exciting one. I have even seen people talking about bringing in Matty Cash and yeah. again, I was like, no, I can't do that. I don't think I can do that. He's he's hurt me too much. <laughs> I think I've completed the set. I think, yeah, now with Moreno on my side, that's the fourth Villa defender I've had in my side this season. <laughs> so so who, who have you had? You've had? I had Matty Cash. Yep. Um, I had Pau Torres, who yep. then got injured. So I swapped him to Konza. Konza, that's it. Who you then haven't, got you haven't injured. Had, you haven't had any Martinez yet. That's, that's no. who you need to complete the, the set. Yeah, that, that's what I need. Then we've got uh, a Brighton Everton. So, yeah. On paper, this looks like a great fixture for Brighton. But we saw last season, Everton absolutely smashed Brighton in this fixture, which, you know. Oh, really? Did they away from home? It was away from home, yeah. One of the weirdest days of the Barclays last season. So, yeah, but, yeah, I think think all all signs point to to some Brighton points. And there'll be a lot of managers out there, like yourself, sweating on a stupid nun, um, being in their side. Um, I've got Lamptey. I'm just I'm sweating just as much, but he's the type of player that could probably play ninety and still finish with zero points. Yep. Um, I'd be happy if he just made sixty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't know. This I I I am sweating a stupid on in this game. It's one of those ones. It's the same as the Sheffield United game. It's one of those ones where if he plays, he could get a double digit haul. Um, but we just need him to play. Yeah. Um, I'd be a lot more comfortable if I was you sitting with Pascal Gross in this oh. game. Um, there's, yeah, I would be, I'd be surprised if there wasn't more returns for him. Yeah, I, I think his ownership's going to go up a bit here too. There'll be a lot of managers looking for, 
for ways to get assets in their side. And yeah, he seems to be, he's doing fantastic this season, but um, Palace Burnley. So um, Palace, no more Roy. Roy has departed um, Crystal Palace in a bit of uh, sad circumstances too, sort of fallen ill. It was on the verge of getting the chop anyway. And I think, you know, both parties just decided to, to sort yeah. of part ways. Part um, ways. Yeah. Which is a bit sad, but I'm sure he'll be back you know, to, to farewell the fans probably. But, yeah, um, Palace have, have moved for, for Glasner, the Austrian. So um, did really good when he was at Eintracht Frankfurt. Did okay when he was at Wolfsburg as well, but a lot of experience. Um, one of those managers that does really good with the assets that he has. Yeah. So I think it makes Which is sense. exactly the kind of manager that Crystal Palace need. Yeah, he is exactly. The, I, I think he's the, exactly the type of, of manager he needs so um really looks like playing some good attacking football too so you yeah. know and hopefully it's enough that they, they can sort of keep you know players like Elise and Eze sort of happy and there's a lot of other young players coming through the ranks too that, that they're pretty high up on at Palace so yeah. hopefully he can build something there but you know as far as you know first day on the jobs go up against Burnley at home yeah <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. Thank you very much. <laughs> they've really points. set him up to. They've set him up to succeed with a with a with a fast start, haven't they? Which yeah, is they, good. They 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 put him up at, at the at the diamond, and they're just giving him a, a nice underarm lob there just to smash over the fence. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. I, what do you think? I reckon this this would be like a two 0 kind of game. Um, yeah, a Jordan AU um, goal. And Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Schlupp. Yeah. Get the other one. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, yeah. Absol- Schlupp and A. Schlupp banger. And, yeah, you know, that's, textbook that, Palace. Those are good shouts. Yeah, yeah. Classic <laughs> Crystal Palace victory. Oh, um, United Fulham. So um, I, I love that um, our friend Q from the FBL Averages of Oz calls him the, 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 the Harland from Wish Hoyland. Um, yep. really has discovered his shooting boots. I mean, two goals in, what was it, seven, eight minutes the other day against Luton. Looked like he was on for an absolute haul. Could have, should have had more because he was put through a few times. But, yeah, he's he's flying at the moment. And, you know, he up is. against Fulham, I don't see that slowing down at all. Yeah, speaking of players that we're ignoring because of blanks and doubles and Hoyland. He's a classic. He's a classic example of the. You know, we get a couple of players like this every single year, where everyone should have brought them in, but no one did because of the timing of, um, of yeah, the double game weeks and the blanks, and it just doesn't make sense to have Hoyland in, in in anyone's team really. And just in meanwhile, he's just scoring one to two goals a game. It's just out of control at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he would have a lot more transfers in if he's. So they got Fulham this this week at home, which is just great. And they got the the Manchester derby at City the following week, and then Everton at home in twenty eight. But no mm. fixture in twenty nine, which which you know sort of hurts hurts him a little bit there on paper. But yeah, like you said, we're ignoring him. He's you know probably going to score against Fulham, probably going to score against Everton at home as mm. well, and you know could easily. I mean, we've seen City; they can yeah. see goals most games anyway. So that's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, you've got, yeah, I suppose when you've got Haaland, who everyone wants and needs, you've got Solanke, everyone needs him for 28. You've got Watkins, he's just scoring. Yeah. Yeah, he's just scoring for fun at the moment as well. It's just, it's it's really hard to find a place in the team for mm. Hoyland. Bring yeah, back a... the all-out attack chip. <laughs> well, let us have more than three three forwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We don't need defenders this season. No one's keeping clean sheets. 
No, they're no good. No, no. Let's anyway. Uh, Bournemouth City. So um, you know, big game. Cherry bomb. Dom hosting Manchester City there. But yeah, I, I, select like he's just said. Like Salanki is one of those players we probably need. But like I'm this this week myself. Spoiler alert. I'm I'm getting in Salanki now. On paper, the Manchester City game on paper isn't the best but i'm sort of looking at the next few game weeks and it just makes sense to get get dom in but it's not out of the question bournemouth could get a goal in this game we've seen city concede absolutely not it's absolutely not out of the question in fact they're probably more likely than not to score a goal um and then you know with Solanke having what approximately 50 percent goal involvement you're almost looking at like if there's a 50% chance of a goal and he's got 50% goal involvement, you're looking at probably like a one in four chance of an attacking return from him, which it's better than, it's better than, um, than you'd expect against Man City. So yeah. I think he's definitely worth in a, if it wasn't a blank game week, I would say just don't do it like wait a week, but in a blank game week where you kind of, you need the two points, even if he doesn't score, yeah, um, it makes sense to bring him in now. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can understand. I can see there's there's quite a few people making the same transfer this this week, and it it, it makes sense. Um, mm. just despite the the difficult fixture, it does make sense. Yeah, and I think Solanke's going to be one of those assets at the moment. Who's, I mean, his EO has dropped significantly the last few game weeks because the the performances weren't there, the fixtures weren't great on paper, and managers were moving assets around to to capitalize on the doubles. His ownership—it's only going to climb straight back up, and it's probably going to be after the City game. So mm. I think, yeah, managers will be looking at the City in, game. If you get him in early, you might get a few price rises out of him as well. Exactly, that, that's the thinking there too. And so, yeah, he's he's going to be my transfer in there. But yeah, Cities—I mean, we touched on before about City. Does Ake play after getting rested? Is KDB's niggles not as serious as what we think? Is he going to be back? But yeah, it's a it's a mm. tricky one. Look, there's no way of predicting it. There's no yeah. way of there's no way of knowing because we've seen with Pep before that just because someone doesn't play one game, it doesn't necessarily make them more likely to play the next. Yeah. Um, he almost looks just at each game on its own merits. But um I guess my hope is that that Ake will play. He he played something like ten straight games before that one game that he missed. And in the, the game before the the one that he missed, he actually played really well. He was yeah. one of the best I thought he was one of Man City's best players. So he wasn't dropped for reasons of form. He was either dropped because Pep wanted to play a particular setup against Brentford for that game or Pep felt like he needed a rest or whatever it was. But either way, there's nothing that's happened that's made him less likely to start this week. Mm. Um, so I'm still pretty confident that um, that he will start, but there's no way of knowing. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. We'll be sweat, sweating on Pep roulette. And then, yes, Saturday night game over in the UK. So that's, you know... You know, Sunday morning breakfast time, Arsenal, Newcastle, a good game to watch on, on TV. Arsenal suffering, you know, a, a late, late injury time um, defeat there at Porto. Um, how will they bounce back against Newcastle? So Newcastle away, not that great. So I'm sort of fairly confident about Arsenal here, but depends mm. how they bounce back after that Champions League defeat this morning. Yeah, I mean, the Champions League defeat was was a massive surprise to me, to be honest, just given the absolute tear of form that Arsenal have been on. Mm. Um, but yeah, I expect them to bounce back pretty well home to Newcastle. And Newcastle's defence is just all at sea at the moment. It's going to be Saka versus Dan Byrne. So you can imagine how well that's going to go. <laughs> We've seen um, Dan Byrne get absolutely skinned 
by um by wingers and fullbacks the last few weeks, and it looks so yeah. funny. It looks like the T Rex chasing um like the kids in Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like it's so like, big it's like watching uh, Joe Ingalls run down the court. Yeah, he's just <laughs> it's like he's on a treadmill sometimes. Yeah. But um but yeah, I mean obviously um Dan Byrne is used to having Joel Linton there to mm. cover for him a little bit as well. And then I think yeah I, I, once again Joel Linton is a huge loss for Newcastle and it's just it's coming through in how they they're able to defend. Um I still I just think Arsenal will very comfortably win this game and um yeah I mean it's, you've got to say there's an, another decent chance of a clean sheet for Arsenal in this game. Yeah, um, possibly. Newcastle usually do score but if anyone can keep a clean sheet against them it's Arsenal. Yeah, I like it. Um Wolves Sheffield United probably one of the most favorable fixtures on paper. Wolves, you know, doing another they you know they did the double over Spurs now this season. Yeah. Um they did they've done they've done really well in the big games this season. Maybe it's the way um that they're set up. So maybe mm. it's the way O'Neill sets them up in, in those, those big fixtures where they're more comfortable on the counterattacks. And we saw that time and time again against Spurs. Like it is sort of a, a really good game for them because, you know, everyone knows the way that Spurs are going to play. It's like, it's just, mm. it's all out attack, leave the spaces behind the fullbacks and missing Poro, right. missing Yudogi was great for them too, because it just left them more, more, Opportunities more to, yeah, more exposed, more opportunities to exploit there. And time and time again, we just saw them on the counterattack. And Pedro Neto was fantastic, and yeah, Sarabia was 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 amazing too. But yeah, there's a bit of discussion. You know, if you're looking for that that midfield Wolves option, you got Neto, you got Huang, Sarabia. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's tricky. Who's the Who's the best option in your mind? I, I mean, I feel like Neto we've been is talking about this far. a lot in our Aussie. FPL chat we have, group, haven't we? It's we have. Yeah. We have. Look, I mean, I, I just think that I just think that Neto is just the classiest player of, of all of the Wolves yeah. bits. Uh, he doesn't have as much goal threat though, obviously, as as um as Huang does. And Huang's probably got the penalties too. Yeah. So it it, it's probably decision. it's probably like the ultimate um I versus analytics yeah. kick. Because analytics yeah. probably says go Huang, just Better goal involvement, but if you're watching the game, it, it sort of depends how you take FPL. Like you type Neto's of manager, the grass pick, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's the ultimate grass pick. If you're the type of manager that just loves watching football, and you, when you watch Wolves, you just cannot, you know, you can't not fall in love watching Pedro Neto play football. He just makes it look yeah. so amazing. Um, you, I'd probably lean more towards Neto, but that's just me personally. Like it, it's yeah. really a toss of the coin. It depends, like. What would you rather do? Just would you rather watch the game, or would you just rather check the scores on your phone and then watch it back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, but to, I mean, to your point though, um, Wolves really do perform better against teams that attack them and allow yeah. Wolves to counterattack. And it doesn't this doesn't seem like it's going to be that kind of game? Um, it it's going to be a game that Wolves probably dominate possession, which they're not used to. True. Um, I I still think that they will break down. Sheffield United, you know, a couple, at least a couple of times, you know, it'll still be a comfortable win, but it's not going to be the kind of win that we're used to seeing from Wolves. It's not going to be this, it's it's not going to necessarily be those, you know, length of the field counter-attacking goals where you know, Neto crosses yeah. to a, to someone crashing into the box. Um, so it'd be interesting to see whether the, whether the goals come from the same sources that we're used to, or if they're going to come from different players, because it's a different, they're going to have to, they're going to have to, 
you know, craft the goals in a different way to what they're used to. Yeah, I, and I think out of those those three options, so yeah, like Huang definitely has the goal threat. He's got the, the yep. he just gets the numbers. Neto, Neto's probably more of the United minute man. So you're not sweating on like getting approaching 60 minutes going, oh, I hope he, he stays because he's just so pivotal to the, the way they, they play as well. And then Sarabia, like, yeah, he is the type of player that you sweat. Yeah. You get to like the 55 minute mark and you're like, oh, you start seeing people warming up on the sides, like, shit, stay on the, yeah. stay on the field. <laughs> yeah. And of all the game weeks, you want 90 minutes or, you know, you want at least. 60 it's this game week so yeah i think it's a straight up straight up pick between huang and net i don't think you can go wrong either way it's just yeah. what do the you only prefer? argument well that's exactly right the yeah. only argument for sarabia or sarabia however you say it is just if you need is it there you go if you need the extra money um you know for something else like yeah. if you're that short he's a, at 4.7 he's a massive enabler mm. um, not that the other two are particularly expensive but i suppose what well, the other two are around what 5.5 are they yeah, yeah. Then I mean, Wang, yeah, Wang's yeah, so, I think point two cheaper than Neto. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, maybe that comes into calculations too. But yeah, don't most people most people are taking out someone like Jota yeah. to bring in a Wolves midfielder. So you know, money's not an option unless they need to generate that extra cash for something else they're planning. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Choose Wang or Neto. Yeah. Um, just have just fun. Hope that you've chosen <laughs> the right one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of those. You, I don't think you can make the wrong choice. And you know, know what will happen? There will be one of these players will do really well this game week, and the other one will be really quiet. And there'll be mm. a lot of chest thumping on, you know, on on X about, oh, I chose this player because of this, and just justify it, like just yeah. don't beat ass about it, like. <laughs> and yet another situation that just brings out the worst of Twitter, right? Yeah, you'd be like the oh, look at me, I'm sitting on my chair, blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> look at me, look at yeah. me. Um, finishing up, we got um, West Ham up against Brentford. Now the pressure is on the Irons at the moment, and yeah, like I mentioned, no wins in 2024. They look, mm. they look like they're out of ideas, and the pressure's on. Pressures on Moyes, although he says that West Ham probably haven't had a better manager than him in a very long time. <laughs> he wins trophies. <laughs> did he say that, did he? He's, that's what he says. He, you know, they might want change, but he's a manager that wins. So, yeah, never oh, a look. good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Moyes has gone through periods before with West Ham where you know it looked like he was almost about to get sacked, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's been other periods where they've looked amazing, and you know, they've you know made the Europa League and um, they've achieved a lot with him. So yeah, it's uh, they're definitely going through a down period at the moment. Um, but the positives for them are that um, they've got Antonio back now um, and Paqueta looks like he might be back this week. If, if not ready to start, he might come off the bench this week, but he's yeah. very, he's very close to being back and he's the one that unlocks everything that West Ham want to do. So um they do have good fixtures coming up. And I mean, this game I think was three, two, the reverse fixture earlier okay. in the season. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting kind of game because both teams are teams that want to absorb pressure and play on the counter. So it's like, who is going to dominate possession? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you'd have to say that Brentford, it, it's funny. I think the bookies favorite is still West Ham, which I Probably. was surprised at because just in my, home. yeah, yeah. Just cause it's at home, I guess. And Brentford haven't been particularly good either. Um, 
but yeah, I think both teams have got issues defensively. Um, so it could actually be a game uh, similar to the one earlier in the season that ended in 3-2. There could be a lot of goals in this game just because um, both teams do like to counterattack and both teams have got um, deficiencies in defense at the moment. It's like, especially Brentford, you know, they're missing, they're missing Pinnock. We saw, uh, we saw, is it Aya who's play who's starting instead of Pinnock at the moment? He slipped over for Harlan's goal the yeah. other day and <laughs> they worked, they worked extremely hard in that game. Obviously like they were, ever, they were all up for this game against Man City. They wanted to soak up the pressure and, and, um, and yeah, and, and, potentially sort of hit them on the counter and, and jag like a jag a result. They, they almost, they almost did it, but in all of the other games they've played recently, they've looked pretty dire. They've looked pretty embarrassing defensively. So whether we're going to see a little bit of a mental letdown and a little bit of a, of a reversion to that kind of poor defense, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we did see that. So yeah, it, this could be a game of lots of goals. Yeah. And like Sergio Region is, is a player that's, that's sort of, in contention, they've got the fixture in 29, they've got the fixture in 26. He seems to be involved a lot with a lot of the set pieces as well mm. um, when you watch Brentford play. So he's like really heavily involved. I think he got an assist in the first game against Liverpool. He did. Um, he he, um, he had a shot that was saved and then Tony yeah. put it in. So, yeah, so, yeah one, of, one of those yeah. assists. You can add <laughs> a towel. Yeah, assist. one of the, the ones that you love. You can add Reggie on to the list of um, defenders that have no chance of a clean sheet, but every chance of an attacking return. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I guess he's kind of like Pedro Porro from Wish, isn't he? Like he's... <laughs> Nearly scored he's two, the... actually, against Liverpool. Who? Was put, uh, Reggion. Uh, Reggion, yeah. Yeah, it was, was, yeah. had a really he's... good chance, so... Very, very attacking, very attacking. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's a really good... I didn't think that Reggion was, was a particularly good... Um, pick for the double, but I think moving forward, he's a very good pick because their fixtures are a bit better and they do have that game in, in 29. So, yeah. yeah, I can 100% um, see an Ivan Tony penalty in this game. Oh, I'd love to see that. I would love to see <laughs> that. Um, now is probably a good time for me to, um, to let you know that I have already made a transfer this week. You have hinted to me and you're keeping it as a surprise for me. <laughs> you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. More and pay. Mo- no, we, most people, we go. It's we not feast. <laughs> I've actually brought in. Uh, they they call it um they call it the cycle of violence when you keep getting hurt by someone and then you keep on coming back to them. Um, I've been a victim <laughs> of the Darwin. cycle of violence once more. So uh, exactly, I've brought in. Uh, I've actually brought in Jared Bowen this week already. Wow, what what has he got on you? Like you just he can't is. say no. This I is like the fourth no. time you've transferred him in this season, isn't it? Maybe third, maybe third. <laughs> but and and I un, and I fully understand why most people are gonna are gonna hate that transfer, and it could well turn out to be a mistake. But I'm trying not to let what's happened in the last half dozen games, um, yeah, impact how I feel West Ham are gonna do moving forward too much. Yeah, I think. Uh, Antonio back and Paqueta coming back is huge for them. Their fixtures are turning. They've got a fixture in 29 and they've got the home game against Villa in 29, which is very important, I think, because Villa are much worse away from home than they are at home. Yep. And we, as we talked about last week, Villa have not been as good recently as they did, as they were to start the season. So I actually think that West Ham will probably be favorites in that game come game week 29. I, I honestly think that West Ham are going to start scoring goals. The fixtures are going to breed 
the form and and I think Jared Bowen is going to be as always involved in most of the good stuff that West Ham do so I could look like a complete idiot in you know for in what three four weeks from now when game week 29 <laughs> is done but I think between now and then um I honestly think that he's going to do well so I've I've brought him in and if uh, if my rank plummets as a result, then I've got no one to blame myself. But I I'm actually quietly confident that he's going to do well. Green Arrow Street Hooligans, you're you're all in on, on West Ham, and yeah, you're you're a moist the, truther. I am a moist truther. The funny thing is that um, Jared Bowen went down, I think, to from seven point eight to seven point seven uh, a couple of days ago. Everyone else is going the other way and when i saw that i was like oh good i'm gonna get him cheaper um <laughs> yeah I, I i made the move yesterday because it looked like jota was going down he ultimately didn't he probably will today yeah. um but yeah so it'll be it, it'll be good uh, i'm looking forward to that game on tuesday the west ham brentford games i'm gonna have ja- jared bowen and tony and i'm expecting a few goals in that game so hopefully having some assets in the last game of the game week is always good fun yeah true it is always good fun having it so yeah, there you go. You told me I was going to be surprised, and I'm definitely uh, surprised there. Now it's time for Goodwill Punting, where we look at a differential for the game week. Now, last week, you went with Connor Bradley, so two points yep. in, in two games. At least he played. played I both would have, games. If you told me that he was going to start both games in the double, I would have been absolutely stoked. Yeah. I think he was quite unlucky. He played well Yeah, in both of those games. So yeah. um, that is what it is. No uh, returns. Couple of blanky boys were there for me, but anyway, we got you, did all right. You did a lot better. Well, I went with Rodri, so um, absolutely killed it. Thirteen points. It just Rodri's just the man. Just he steps up when City need that break glass in case of emergency. Time and time again, we've seen over the last few seasons. It's just Rodri. Like the man hasn't lost a game in over a calendar year. Um, we saw how much of a difference he makes when he doesn't play for City when they, they were wobbling a bit. But, yeah, like, he's just uh, – maybe next time we get a double City game week, I might just get Rodri for one of those – because you're not going to be sweating on the on the team sheet. But That's true, yeah. It was, it was one of the reasons people, why I picked him. Did, some people did talk about it, like bringing in Rodri for this double game week. Um, I honestly think he's probably, along with Kevin De Bruyne, the most important player for City, like, City can cope a lot better with Haaland being out than they can with Rodri being out. Yeah. Um, yeah. He doesn't get the goals and assists, so he doesn't always get the recognition, but he's so important for them. So, But he gets yeah. so many shots out. So, I mean, that was one of the, the reasons why I picked him. But anyway, it was nice to have a win in this segment for once, 13 points. But this week, uh, we're both dancing with Wolves this week. We are. We are we both are Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've gone with Sarabia. Um, 4.7 million, only 0.3% owned. So how's that for a differential? Um, Uber differential. Yep. Operation Target Sheffield. That's 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 it. That's the end of it. Uh, I like that we have the exact same notes for... Um... <laughs> <laughs> only because I copied yours. <laughs> so you're going with Sarabia, uh, 4.7. I'm going with um, Ryan Aitnauri, 4.5 million, 0.6% owned. So... A lot of managers out there looking for probably defensive assets heading into to blank game week 26. Yeah, this one looks like one of the best on paper. And yeah, up, yeah target operation target, Sheffield United, they are bad. Um, play, a lot of attacking threat, playing out of position, uh, especially if Wolves play back three, that allows him to play as the, as the wing back. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And he just floats up in the box. He's just, he's just everywhere. So no, yeah, that's a our, great pick. That that's our picks there. Now it's time for, Oh, captain, my captain top three picks. Who have you got? Um, Harland against Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, keeping the faith despite the disappointing double game week. He delivered. I still just think. We got a goal. I still just think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still just think Harland is Harland, right? Like he's just gonna he's just gonna score most week. So yeah. Um. Yep. Harland number one. Saka home to Newcastle number two up against Dan Byrne. Yeah. I think that I think this is a week where if you did want to make up some ground and go for a bit of a punt, then Saka captain is a pretty good option. Probably. Um, probably and then good idea. Watkins. Yeah, Watkins third home to Nottingham Forest. Like same deal, to be honest. Like I can, I would not be surprised to see Saka and Watkins outscoring Haaland Yeah, um, this week. So yeah. I think it's a, I think it is a good opportunity to go against the field if you are trying to make up some ground this week. I like it. I've got the same three, but I've just swapped around Watkins and Saka. So um, happily got all three of those players in our side. So happy days. Hopefully, there's lots of lots of points. You love to see it. <laughs> hashtag yeah love to see it now it's time for the fpl signet podcast mini league update mahesh sharma leading the way sitting top 116 points so mahesh is also manager of the game week i think for we we're talking before i think this is the second time in three weeks because mahesh took the lead in our mini league on the back of being manager of the week 116 points took a four point hit too so did it pretty comfortably in the end. So triple captain on Harlan, like a lot of us. Ryer in goal, Walker with the 12 points, Virgil van Dijk with the with 10 points, Gabriel with the clean sheet, Saka 15, Foden 5, Luis Diaz was Mahesh's differential there, 12 points. So in a week where it was Darwin and Jota and you know potentially Salah, Mahesh went with Luis Diaz, delivered. Richarlison, two points. Watkins, 13. Harlan, triple captain. Darwin, five points. So an absolute masterclass. So Mahesh is now sitting on uh, 1,660 points. So absolutely creaming it at the moment. Um, coming in second is Drew Potter uh, has moved up to second on the back of 101 points. And Matthew Bai is sitting third. So yeah, Matthew and Drew swapped between second and third. Then fourth, Schalke Lube with the team Payne in Diaz. Mark Prestupa sitting fourth. And we've got, um, yeah, two two players fourth there, equal fourth. So, yeah, Schalke and Mark. So, well done. And, yeah, Mahesh, I, I don't know how you do it. Do you have Biff Sporting Almanac that you're looking at? But, yeah. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, the key the key this week was to pick the Liverpool asset that stayed fit, and yeah, he's absolutely smashed it. Yeah, absolutely smashed. Sorry, Luis Diaz' dad was in the crowd today wearing matching um, shirt and gloves. Um, yeah, as I you, saw that. I as, saw as, that. As you do. So uh, well, well done to him there, especially after all the stuff that happened to them. Now you, you, you are moving up the ranks, sitting twenty second. Yeah, up a couple more spots to twenty second. Oh. Um, yeah. I guess we'll just see if uh, if it all comes crumbling down thanks to Jared Bowen, but for now it's looking good. <laughs> Here comes that Bowen green. I've I've, I've moved up to forty ninth, so inside the top fifty. Top um, fifty for the first time in ages. Yeah, yeah, ages. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. Um, but anyway, that that's all we have time for. It's always fun to do the daytime record. Yeah, I like the daytime ones when yeah. when when we've got time and hyped up on that. coffee. That's it. That's There's it. definitely a different vibe. <laughs> definitely definitely oh anything you'd like to add before we wrap it up uh no not not much um i just uh, over the next couple of days i guess i'll have a think about whether i'm gonna 
take a, a hit for another Aston Villa defender and and which one it's going to be. So I'm sure I will be annoying you on the text about that. <laughs> we, we will be um, trading trading um, stories there. Uh, remember, you can follow us at FPL Signet on the Twitter, X and Instagram and give Andrew a follow at FPL underscore point break. Uh, like and subscribe, retweets. You lo- We love it. We love to see it. And you guys love doing it too. So thank you very much. But um, yeah, good luck for Blank Game Week 26. Hopefully there's not, you're not taking too many hits out there. Any it just sort of roughly... Is there hits on the horizon? Yeah, I look. I don't be don't be scared to take hits in blanks and doubles. Is what I've I always think. Um, especially if if someone's gonna gonna play in twenty six and twenty nine, the four yeah. point hit might pay itself made up, off. Yeah, without you know, just from them playing. So uh, I've had a couple. Yeah, you know, I've had a couple of green arrows in a row. Both weeks I've taken hits. I'm planning on taking probably another one this week. So. It's just when you get to kind of minus eight, minus 12, that's when you kind of got to, yeah, think about whether it's the right thing to do. But I don't think anyone should be scared of taking a minus four this week to get um, 10 or 11 players out. There you go. Some some fine words of wisdom from Andrew to take us out for today's episode. Um, good luck to everyone out there and let your defensive sheets be clean and your arrows green. See you guys. 